Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, and Linktree. You can listen and download our shows by going to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. Do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post. I am He, Yeshua, to believe or not. Yet I am He, the Messiah, which is to come, He said. The battle for truth is in the world today. America, while division and hatred seem the rule of the day, we need to ask ourselves, does our own society know the truth? Do not miss this post, America, Perilous Last Days. America, Perilous Last Days, and it is another day in the nut house called America. But we look at the perilous situation today, which are the last days prophetically. Do not miss this post, Lawless World Christian Living. Lawless World Christian Living brings us to a stark contrast. Scripture gives us warning that is stark. Because iniquity, wickedness, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax cold. Do not miss this post, Bedrock Hope Foundation Truths. I know the hope is buried in the one who created all things. I know that no matter what, he will make a way. That is my bedrock hope. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The latest post on warn-usa.com. Do not miss this post. Gospel, Turbulence, End of Days, Advocacy Classic at Warren Radio. If you have ever been on a plane that has hit major turbulence, then you know how it feels. Today the ride of prophetic events and the nation of men find themselves in the midst of troublesome times. And be sure to get your book, The Rising, by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller, and The Rising details a takeover of America there's danger and entry. The nation is at risk. Dark forces are plotting to bring the, na- the country into the globalist new world. And you can get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglinsmith.com where you can visit the Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature The Rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our Vision Media and also on danaglinsmith.com, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com and also follow us 
on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's... Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. Doing good. We here on a Thursday night. And we have hit, you know, the century and a half mark. We're beyond that. We're at part 151. <laughs> and uh, we're going to soon to be in chapter 50 of Isaiah. And we've spent a long time doing Isaiah. We've enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff to be said about Isaiah. And it's been a pleasure to be in this book. Yes, amen. Uh, and around here, it is cold. And up in Montana, it's cold. As a matter of fact, uh, this whole swath of states are cold. Uh, tomorrow it'll be, uh, <clears throat> you know, our highs will be maybe freezing, maybe a couple of degrees below freezing, maybe a couple of degrees over freezing. Either way, it's cold. Either way, it's freezing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got some some part of that freezing in there. Well, at any rate, we are in November. The Christmas direction, uh, decorations are already going up. Um, but uh, just doesn't know. seem like it should be that time. And next week is Thanksgiving, and it just—it's a good time to give thanks. Yes, Amen. You need to be thankful, and Tower and I are very thankful. I we teach our family to be be thankful. And we thank the Lord for his mercy and grace. And we thank the Lord for those who listen and for the ministry. And we're going to be soon celebrating our 25th year from the start of this. And so we've got a lot of, a lot of things that uh, we've had some changes. Um, we've got some equipment changes. We're looking at some other equipment changes and things like that. Uh, and um, doing some different things with the websites. We already did one major thing with warn-usa.com and we like it. But I don't know if we're going to keep it that way or not because we do have some other stuff we're looking at. At any rate, we'll continue to do three shows. We'll continue to preach and teach and warn and write articles and, uh, you know, just watch history and uh, the Word of God unfold together. And that's what we've been doing, huh, Tower? Sure is. The last 25 years. And it went by just like that. Tower oh, just man. looks as young as she did the day. <laughs> Whatever. Well, that was a long time ago. Yes, it was. But anyway, tonight on Battle Lines, we're at part 151 of Isaiah's prophetic book. And I will contend this ends... Chapter 49, and we've come a long way in Isaiah's books, in Isaiah's book. Yet the truths of Judah's captivity, the reasons for it, and eventual deliverance of Judah from that judgment brings with it pertinent lessons, the foremost of which is that judgment, trials, tribulations are very redemptive in their purpose. God removes the problem that causes the nation to sin, but he makes a way for restoration in the process and eventual deliverance. And now back to you. I'll see you on the other side. Yes, and even in that statement that Tower made, uh, you know, what's happening in America and the nations at the end of days, uh, <clears throat> you know, judgment, the shaking of nations and everything is redemptive in the fact that the goal is to get the nations to repent, to wake up, 
and then they have to make up their minds what they're going to do. And uh, we left off at Isaiah 49:22. And uh, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people and they shall bring thy sons in their arms and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. Now the shift to the way the children of Zion get back to their home. I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles. A sign of beckoning or welcome or inviting. And we can see right now, you know, if, if you have problems believing this, you think for a moment and you look at Israel today, everything they do is observed by the Gentiles. And specifically, the United Nations and various parts of the United Nations are very involved in observing Israel. Some things they like, some things they don't. And when Trump was in office, you know, he uh, initiated the Abraham Accords, which uh, extended a branch between Israel, the House of Isaac, and they offered the branch of peace to the house of Ishmael. And so th there's a lot of things prophetically. And so it shouldn't be hard to understand that the Gentiles will be used in making it to where the children of Israel, of course, in 1948, that literally happened. You know, the Gentiles worked together after uh, World War II to get the Jewish state initiated where the Jews would have a homeland. Now that's a sign of beckoning or welcome and inviting and then of course Israel has been working to get uh, uh, other children of Israel uh, back into the homeland. And, of course, they've had trouble initiating a government over there. They've had five elections, and now uh, Netanyahu is back in there, the very Netanyahu that uh, called Donald Trump Cyrus. And we've taught extensively on Cyrus, a Gentile that God used to further what his goal was to get the children of Israel delivered. Now, I'm going to say this, you know, it's a good sign to see uh, Netanyahu in there. And if he's in there two years, if he's in there at the time of the next election, and you see Trump running unhindered, and uh, the plots of the Democrats haven't stopped him, then you're going to see a sign. It's a good sign. The signs are looking good with Netanyahu back because he's the one that called Trump like and unto uh, Cyrus, a type of Cyrus, and he very well uh, can be considered that. And so we can see a prophecy initiated just in that looking ahead to the next election where because of what happened in Israel, happened to Netanyahu and his relation, and what he had uh, said about Trump. And so when you have that election in uh, 2024, and there's been nobody able to stop Trump, and he's on top of the heap, he's doing good, then if the signs are looking good there, then that, uh, you know... That looks good for him to win the 2024. But th there are people setting up right now to stop him, literally stop him in his tracks. So it's going to take the Lord in order uh, to get him through clear to the end if, if he's going to be um, in Israel. But see, this is the way the Lord works. And so 
Uh, Kyle and Delish says the idea here is that God would call the Gentiles to partake of the blessings of the true religion and to embrace the Messiah, which that would follow exactly uh, what the work of uh, Yahshua was, is not only to bring the Jews in, but to bring the Gentiles as well. And we can look at Luke thirteen twenty nine through 30. And they shall come from the east and from the west, from the north, from the south, and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. In Isaiah 63 through 5, The Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy son shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, and the forces of the Gentiles shall come to thee. You know, in all this, you know, you can see God calling the nations. You know, it's not just to establish the children of Israel. That's just one part. But it's it's definitely bringing uh, the people of God who came through Yeshua and the blood of the covenant and the atonement um, from worldwide. And the nations of them that are saved, Scripture says, shall be in this Zion. And this is they will bring their glory into Zion. They will bring uh, that glory, and it'll. You'll see Gentiles from every race, creed, and color uh, throughout the entire world. They will be the redeemed, and then you'll have the children of Israel. So this is the picture that we have. And for those that you know don't believe this kind of stuff, well, you know I would admonish you to. Uh, don't be foolish and uh, seek the Lord. And Isaiah 49, 23. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. And they shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth, and lick up the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Now see, this is, this is really good because through the covenant of Yahshua, by grace, through faith, have we accessed this atonement. And when Yahshua died upon that tree and gave blood atonement to fulfill that, <coughs> all men, all people can come to him. And it's really... It's really one of those things that I I look at this and I think of that time when they're all gathered. Well, Albert uh, Barnes says this, the idea is properly that of guarding, educating, and pro-writing for children. And the sense is that kings and princes would evince the same tender care for the interests of the people of God, which a parent or nurse does for a child. It is needless to say that this is already, has been already to a considerable extent fulfilled, that many princes and monarchs have been the patrons of the church, though doubtless it is destined to a more ample fulfillment still in the brighter days of this world's history when the gospel shall pre, uh, spread everywhere. Now, Albert Barnes has brought in the fact of the Gentiles and, and and all of those, including the Messianic Jews that came to know uh, redemption through Christ. Kylan Delis says this, So will kings become the shelterers of Zion, and princes the sustainer of her growth. And all that is true in the regal headship of the church will be realized, and all that is false in regal ter territorialism will condemn itself. Now, you see, we, we have a lot of people that think that they're going to be controlling the world. We have the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and uh, 
you know, we have the United Nations. Uh, we have a lot of organizations, uh, the World Health Organizations. All of them are pushing a globalism. And uh, although they can include Israel in that, they don't give a whang about uh, the things of the gospel. They don't care about what God is doing. They don't care that, you know, both houses of Israel will be joined and that the Gentiles will be involved and will uh, be part of this uh, Zion, this kingdom of God. Because this is talking about those who know the Lord and that God is going to do it and the gospel is going to spread. And we have seen a fulfillment of this, literally. I agree with Albert Barnes because if you go back to the, uh, you know, even before the Dark Ages, the church was real, uh, real powerful. You have uh, the Rome church, as I call it, coming out of Rome itself. And that's even where the, the Catholic church is. I call the Rome, Rome church has become the Catholic church. And so we, we have a lot of things in here. Now, now you've got to be cautioned here. Just because it's the Rome church, it does not mean that that is the Zion and that is... Uh, the only truth. That is not the only truth. Matter of fact, within this church, there's going to be a political and there's going to be a religious whore uh, in the end of days. And uh, you're going to find Christian churches, even today we have, that have turned away from the truth. So this is a battle today. And of course, what these things are talking about is bringing back the children of Israel, just as God is bringing back Judah you know, from 70 years of captivity. Now, see, this is the interesting thing. 70 years, seven is a perfect number. It's a full number, and 10 is a full number. You, Even the Lord, when he gave parables, there was uh, five wise virgins and five foolish virgins, and together they made 10. That's a whole number that is also a perfect number, a complete number, because... Uh, when he gave that story of the wise and the foolish, there was only ten. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. And then you have the seven, which is the multiplier and also a perfect number. So you have seven times ten or seventy years, which uh, that, that is very, very prophetic in itself. So that thing can extend way into the future. And it, and it has. It's not just an example uh, of Judah itself, but it goes way beyond this. And uh, God is still working on that and still bringing to pass everything he can. And uh, this is why when we, when we really look at men and even the female leaders we have in the world, you know, they make their decisions and many times independent of the Lord God. But make no mistake, they can make a decision and that decision was actually given to them through the Lord so that they would fulfill what God is called to be done. So, you know, we have the World Economic Forum that's carrying on its own agenda and it's anti-God. But there is going to be a God, and there will be a time of darkness with this wicked God, this dark God, known as the beast. Affectionately, disaffectionately, I should say, in the church, we refer to this one as the Antichrist. But there's a lot of Antichrists, as Scripture points out. But this one is going to be the big one. And so when we look at the completion of all this, we see that God is in charge. And I, I think more than anything, when I go through these, I see the aspect of the control of a sovereign God. And, and that's really important. Isaiah forty-five fourteen through 15. Thus saith the Lord, the labor of Egypt and merchandise of Ethiopia and of the Sabians, men of stature shall come over unto thee and they shall be thine and they shall come after thee. In chains shall they come over, and they shall fall down unto thee. They shall make supplication unto thee, saying, Surely God is in thee. There is none else. There is no God. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. And of course, when you remember um, Solomon, 
you know, he had respect. And they did come unto the children of Israel, uh, even way back then. And you had many, many popular figures. And one we know of popular uh, is, is the Queen of Sheba, but there was a lot more than that. And Solomon was always making uh, pacts, marrying, you know, a king's daughter or a ruler's daughter. And these were all political pacts. And so that is a good example of what this is. But, you know, there are other scriptures that back this up as well. Uh, one in particular that I'm thinking of where they, the Gentiles would come and take the hold of a robe of a Jew and, because they were the ones who knew God. And right now, you know, everything's going down the tubes and everything is a mess. And so they, they come to the Jews and realize the Jews have God. And of course, uh, I had a prophet uh, friend of mine that used to talk about that very, very truth. He, he was a Jew, but the bottom line of it is, is that, you know, <laughs> the children of Israel didn't deliver themselves. And there's a lot of scripture yet to be fulfilled. And the Gentiles are not going to deliver themselves. It's not up to us to bring in the Antichrist or the beast. It's not up to us to do anything other than live by faith and walk in the light as Yahshua is in the light and believe and have faith and go through this because we overcame past tense Revelation 12:11 by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not uh, our lives unto the death. But see, God is bringing all this together, and that's why we, we consider this redemptive, uh, and uh, God is bringing them out. In verse 24, Isaiah says, Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captive delivered? And, you know, the thing of it is, is that the children of Israel, uh, or Judah rather, they were taken captive because God called Babylon to come and take them captive and to destroy the temple and to totally uh, remove them. There was some left in the land, but there was a lot of them that were carried away to Babylon. And they were going to be there for 70 years. Well, the problem with, with Babylon and that is they sinned greatly in their leadership. Sennacherib did, and so did his sons that followed him, and God judged them for that severely. And uh, you can read that if you, if you get into Daniel and read it. You can really read a lot. And, you know, the other thing about going into captivity, some of our greatest prophecies from Daniel and some of the other prophets... Um, we would have never had them <laughs> if they hadn't gone into captivity. I mean, that's my take on it because Daniel is one of the finest books, end time books we've got. And, uh, you know, there are others, but Daniel wrote that in captivity. And, you know, and scholars say that uh, Daniel never did leave Babylon. He died in Babylon. And uh, at any rate, so God had made many promises. And one of them was the restoration of the captive Jews. And, you know, Babylon had the Jews and they were captive and they were called there by the Lord. And so they were lawful captive. Lawful captives. Because... God had called them and they went in there and it was judgment. But it's what they did afterwards. And, but God was going to deliver the captive Jews. They, it would be a complete deliverance from the Chaldeans. Now that's the overall name. Babylon is, is the, 
uh, city-state that ruled the large area. But the nationality are known as the Chaldeans, just like the church over in that area. It, we call it the Chaldean church. And uh, there's um, a lot of history in, in these particular areas. And the blessing of the true religion would be extended to the Gentiles. And kings and queens would come show adoration for God and his cause. And see, that's what we've covered, you know, in these verses before. That, you know, God does move kings and queens and nations at his will. And... I think that's one thing that America has to learn in Russia and China because we've had so many decades, so many centuries that uh, men did what they wanted to do. You know, rulers, kings and queens, men and women who ruled did whatever they wanted to do. And the truth of the matter is God moves men and nations and I think that's one of the things we need to understand. And if you live in America for a long time, and if you were born here and raised here, and been here for any length of time, you know that America has really fallen when it comes to the influence of the church. And the immorality in America has fallen. And under Biden the respect has fallen everything has fallen and everything is totally a downturn from the way it was we've got a lot of wickedness we have a lot of pride we're divided worse than ever and a divided house won't stand so God is able in all of these situations if America would truly repent he could easily heal this country and the problem is not God. The problem is the pride of men and nations. Because the pride is not going to go anywhere with God. So in Isaiah 49.25, this is what it says. But thus saith the Lord, Even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. The prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. And when you look at that, you, you just take it for what it says. The captives of the mighty shall be taken away. All those warring tribes, all those warring people, it's going to be taken away. And those who were, who were oppressed by the terrible shall be delivered. And of course, that includes the children of Israel. That includes the house of Judah. And of course, the lost tribes, that includes them too. Because that is included in other uh, prophecies as well. And that's where you have um, both this, you know, uh, both sides both the houses one we call the lost tribes the northern tribes and the other we call Judah or the southern tribe actually it's tribes but one day they're going to be joined into one and we're going to find more and more of these lost tribes coming back to Israel and at the same time, you're going to find more and more opposition to Israel. And they're going to struggle. You're going to find more and more persecution against Christians. But see, the thing of it is, one day, the captives of the mighty are going to be taken away. The prey of the terrible are going to be delivered. One day, God is going to finalize this. And he is going to deliver the believers he is going to deliver the meek. He is going to deliver Israel. And he's going to take down the terrible. And they will no longer 
be able to kill and do whatever they want to. And we know in Revelation it says when the Lord comes back, he will destroy those who have destroyed the earth. And, you know, the, the bottom line of it is, is that there's a lot of things we want to think that's going to deliver us. But there's only one that's going to deliver us. And that is the Lord our God through Jesus Christ. He has appointed Yahshua, Jesus, as the Almighty. You'll find that in Revelation 1. And he will come back again. And for the rest of us, including the children of Israel, there is grace. And the grace is upon the nations of men. Even upon Israel, it's there. And that grace gives them time to repent and come unto the Lord and believe in Yeshua. Believe in Jesus. So no matter how impossible it seems, no matter how bad, nasty, divided, wicked, screwed up things are, the Lord will deliver the captives that are taken by the terrible, by those who make war and cause death and destruction. And they're going to be restored. They're going to be rescued and restored to the land. And God says, I will contend with these nations. I will punish the nation that inflicted the wrongs on you and rescue you from bondage. Now see, that's literally what the Lord did when he delivered Judah from Babylon. Now you see the northern tribes were taken captive and they were egregious in their sins and God had them carried away by the Assyrians. In fact, it was Sennacherib's dad, his father, very famous king, who did that. And they assimilated the children of Israel within the bloodlines of a lot of these of their own people. They do that in order to assimilate the land along with the people. Now in Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, to give you a look at this, Forasmuch then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And see, this is discussing the work of Yeshua on the cross. And see, that's an aspect that when you're talking about what we've been discussing about the deliverance of Judah, you know, the thing of it is, is that God is going, one of the things, he's going to destroy death. He's going to destroy hell. And all the wicked who are in hell are going to be, including hell, hell and the wicked that are there are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. It's a big lake. <laughs> and the smoke there goes up forever before the throne of God. So make no mistake about it. God is serious about hell and he's serious about repenting. But he's also serious about the fact that he will deliver those who call upon his name and, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Now see, you get back up to Isaiah 49, 25 and there were people, you know, the, the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, the prey of the terrible shall be delivered and I'll contend with him that contendeth with thee. Now, there's a lot of people contending with Israel, a lot of nations. There's a lot of different nations and warrior tribes that are contending and even killing and taking captive of Christians overseas. We discussed the persecuted church on Wednesday nights. And we have 
you know, there, there's proof everywhere all over the world. And, and the thing of it is, is that I will, contend, I will contend with them, the Lord says. I will save your children. I will contend with them. I will hold them to account. And, of course, these people don't ever think about it. Because God is invisible before them. God is on the throne and he's given man a chance to repent. Problem of it is, men and nations have a problem at times repenting. So then, Romans 8.31-37 31 says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, you know, that's what they should have been saying. You know, uh, Judah. Now see, uh, you look back at that, and Daniel believed the word when he read in Jeremiah that it was 70 years for Judah, and God would deliver him. He believed that. He started fasting and praying, and he repented before God and he believed that God would contend with Babylon and would deliver the people and and the thing I can tell you today if you've got enemies if you're a Christian if you have enemies and if you've got principalities and powers against you you can contend with them in the name and the might of Jesus Christ see this is the thing is that while God you know Christ is coming back to contend with the Antichrist and with the powers of darkness now see we can rebuke them if they come after our kids our family but darkness make no mistake during the time that we refer to as a tribulation darkness will be at its greatest depth He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now see, that's the new covenant. Now you see, the thing we're reading is in the Old Covenant. And it's very prophetic though. Christ said, I've come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. I will contend with him that contends with you. The devil and sin has been contending with every nation on earth and every human being that's ever been born. And there is one that will contend with the devil that has contended with the devil, has contended with sin, has taken on corruption, and has redeemed all those who have called upon him. So although we look at this and we think of Judah being delivered, we look at Christians being delivered, we look at anybody that calls upon him to be delivered. And when we see the nations of men who are in the pride or boasting, we say, wait a minute, we rebuke that and we reject that. We're looking for a kingdom and a God. We're looking for the return of our Christ. And he will contend with the nations of men. He will contend with the World Economic Forum. He will contend with the mark. He will contend with those who have caused death. He will contend with those who have destroyed the earth. You see... Whether you're in Isaiah, or whether you're in Romans, or whether you're in Hebrews, or whether you read the Gospels, we have victory, absolutely. The only thing of it is, is that tribulation and trouble, and all those things that come as a result of sin and rebellion, is not fun.
And there are costs as a believer. We have to walk in the light as he is in the light. Now 49.26 of Isaiah. Oh, this is really clear. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. And they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior, thy Redeemer, and the Mighty One of Jacob. Now let me tell you, this thing here, well, you know, it's very clear. And he mentions that he's the Savior and Redeemer and the Mighty One of Jacob. And we're speaking of Judah. Yahshua is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But if you look in Revelation, I have talked about it, uh, blood guilt. And we have in America many, many people that want abortion and want to kill babies after they're born. After they're born. Now see, abortion by itself before they're born is still blood guilt. But when you add pride to that and the act itself, it is so much more worse than what they were doing. Now in Revelation 16.6, the earth has gotten so bad, so much bloodshed, this is what, and God judges them. And this is what scripture says. For they have shed the blood of the prophets. And thou hast given them blood to drink. Well I got news for you. There are other. Revelation 17.6 And I saw the woman drunken. With the blood of the saints. With the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her. I wondered with great adm admiration. There's another one. That includes all of those whose blood was shed on the face of the earth. And so, I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine. And all shall know that I the Lord. Now see, that's what you call judgment. And see, Although we find that in Isaiah and the context that we're discussing, there's been a lot of uh, things in Isaiah that we've discussed that were prophetic and messianic end of days. Revelation specifically deals with blood guilt and the shedding of blood. And there are those on the earth that want to shed blood. And, and I'll tell you, the lawlessness and the shedding of blood is already here on the earth. And it's in America today more than ever before. And we don't care. And the more we keep killing the babies the way we want to, and once you start killing them after birth, you're going to bring a curse on your state more than you have ever known. And I'm warning you, California, and I'm warning you, New York, and you... Montana. Uh, Montana and all these other states that want to kill a baby after birth. Have an abortion is bad enough, but killing them after birth, you are going to be cursed like you've never been cursed before, and I will stand by those words. And I'm telling you, if you go through with it, that there will be believers that will be standing there and witnessing the curse upon your head because when you were proud, you would not listen to the truth. The church doesn't even bring this up. You have Warnock who says that God is for abortion. This is a profane preacher, folks. This guy is going to be sitting down where Satan is. He is not a minister of Christ. And there's a lot of others. 
Albert Brooks says of this, a state of internal strife where blood would be profusely shed and where it would be, as it were, the drink of those who were contending with each other. Like you're going to drink a blood toast to the death of those who you killed because you're the one that killed them, so you drink their blood. This is satanic. So these are the things, and you know, you may not like the picture of the blood, but I got news for you. It is through the blood that you're redeemed. One of the reasons that Satan pushes killing a blood and killing a babies is because he has distorted the blood because the blood God chose in the beginning that it would be through the atonement of blood, through the blood that atonement would be made in an offering to him to atone. Now, when they were using the blood of animals, that could not do what the blood of Yahshua could do. The blood of animals was temporary, and they had to do this all the time. You can read uh, Hebrews, and this will tell you all about it. But the bottom line of it is, is that if the one thing we have going for us is, and, and it's all you got going for you, America. Just like for Judah, they had one thing going, the mercy of God and the grace of God. In America today, in the world, you have one thing going for you. The grace of God. And the grace of God comes out of the mercy of God. The mercy of God comes out of the love of God. And there comes a time in 2 Thessalonians 2 where Paul warns that they will reject the nations of men, society, will reject the love of the truth. And the love of the truth is what I've just described to you. And it was culminated on the cross where Yahshua shed his blood for the atonement of all people forevermore. He is not going to come and be born in a woman again. He is not going to just appear, you know, as a man and do the whole thing over again. He's already done all that. He's coming back with an army. He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords and the Almighty, and he will slay with the word of his mouth. And you're not going to sit there and challenge him, just like Babylon couldn't sit there and challenge even the prophets of God. When the prophets of God declared the heathen nations paid attention because they remembered what God did to Egypt. And these are the things that we're looking at. And so when you put the whole thing of what we're, we've been discussing in a nutshell, it winds up that the judgment is coming. God is going to deliver the children, and we know that he did. Judah but in the end, the blood is going to be spilt. That God will deliver his people. And he'll remove the ferocity of the fierce, the fearless. He, he will take down those who are stubbornly and proud, a warrior who doesn't mind killing and slaughtering even innocent children. See, it was nothing back in those wars to take a baby and beat his head against a tree or to slay a pregnant woman. This is the kind of thing they did in war, and even today in war, they still don't care when they kill. The Japanese in World War II were some of the most brutal warriors that, uh, you know, America had ever faced. And you know, when they got to the point when they couldn't win, many of them would commit suicide. But see, you don't have to do that today. Because the grace of God, thank God for God's grace and mercy. Amen. And it's going to be extended all the way to the end. And there will be a point to when you're not going to access it. 
But today the nations of men can repent. The nations of men can put away their pride. America can be healed, but will it be healed? When nations get this bad, and when they begin to do the things America is doing, it is a signal that that nation cannot recover. But you see, although that happens to a nation, it will not happen to those who have trusted in the Lord. The fate of America is not our fate. Because God will make a way for us. Now we can be martyred, we can be persecuted, we can be, you know, face death. But the enemy, no matter what they do to us, cannot destroy what Christ has done for us. And once you were born into the lineage that connected you to Abraham through Isaac, you are not going to be removed from his bloodline. God would always favor you. But then God sent his son to redeem all men, including the Jews. And that's one of the big things that will happen in these end of days. And there is a lot of violence, a lot of judgments that are coming. And the way America is, is going, there isn't going to be anything left. Nothing. So we are now at chapter 50. And we're going to be dealing with her children and dealing with some of the things that brought on all this stuff. And it comes on the heels of their deliverance in, in the scripture. God wants to make sure they understand what they did and where they came from. Father, thank you for your word. Bless those that hear this word whenever they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay. Well, I think it's really sad about what's going on in America, but like you said, Christ is our hope. He is. And I like it. In, it's encouraging, you know, you said... America's fate is not our fate. Because God will make a way. He'll take care of us. Just like he did back in Israel's day. Back in the day. Yeah. And I think that's what people need to understand. The Lord will never forsake us. That's right. Period. We need to rely on that more and more. We do. And, uh, you know, the thing of it is, is that we were able to cover the blood guilt, the blood. And, you, you know, it just amazes me, you know, where you can find all this in Scripture all the time. That's right. It is amazing. Yeah, well, we're going to have to close out. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. Stay safe. Look up for your redemption draws nigh. Pray for us as we pray for you and pray for your brethren around the world. We love you. and We always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglennsmith.com. 
Check out my book, The Rising. You can find it on our websites. Till next time. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.